Some sidewalks, where I often take a stroll, are brand new in spots, and so are the little trees with fancy metal grills around the base. They are quite large new clay pots. They'd be called planters if anything were planted in them. At the curbing of fancy cars one never saw there before, from them come well-dressed women, sometimes twos and threes, engaged in something new to the old avenue, window shopping. See the shoppers, watch them compare menus at the new restaurants up and down the avenue. There's turnover on the strip. That old cheap sandwich shop is gone and new ones go up market. People actually sit out in the open air. These are the familiar signs of what is called gentrification. That expression originated back in the 50s with a British sociologist named Ruth Glass. She studied working-class neighborhoods in London that were taken over by trendy young couples who imported new fads and fashions into old scenes of London. Aha! Gentrification. And like so many things British, that expression crossed the Atlantic, found its place on the American scene in English and sociology, and along Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville, Kentucky. And of course, gentrification was taken up by the American real estate developers. They picked up the high fashion decor, the haughtier than thou place names like the estates of Hunting Creek, and thus maintained whatever was left or could be recast from remnants of the class and status system in America. But this is a loose and permeable system. Part of the fascination comes from how it changes. The meanings of class and status keep shifting from one generation to the next with each cycle of boom and bust. New developments throw up new millionaires with their own forms of display, all of which should be obvious to anyone with their eyes open while crossing the American grain. This is Grady Clay.